Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Your relationship with the Lord, this is the experiential part of the knowledge. I know Him. This is beyond what I've read. I know Him. Right? I believe in my heart, I, I can't, you can't convince me that He is not. You can't convince me that Jesus is not, that He is not God, that He is not real, that He does not speak, that He, I, I know Him. Right? I don't know. It's not like the pastor told me this and I, I know what he said. No, I know him. I don't care what anybody says at any church, anywhere in the world. I know him. And I'm convinced of that, right? I want my kids to know him. Do you want your family and friends to know Jesus? Of course you do. You want them to have the same grace on their lives and relationship with the Savior of the world that you do. Today, Pastor Bill will encourage you to live your life in a way that other people know that you have this relationship already. Don't hide Jesus from the world. Live him out in every action, every conversation, every moment of your day. Take what you know about Jesus now and put it into practice everywhere you go. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. So I find the people that I really love, they got faults. But I overlook him. I am, I mean, you know, he's human. That's my but, but, but I, I see the good over the flaws because love covers most of the sins. I forgive him quick to love him. Committed to that, right? But, but you take that same person and remove love, and we can critique them to death. They're the same person. But if I loved you, I'll overlook it. When I don't love you, I'm all over it. I think back to when I was a kid, and I remember, you guys know I've talked about my mom all the time. My mom, I could do no wrong. My mom loved me with that kind of, it was, it was a dumb mama love. I mean, I couldn't do no wrong. I could, I could get bad grades at school and I'll tell my mom, mom, the reason why my homework grade is so low, not because I'm not doing homework, that teacher hates me. And I would take my homework to her and she would ball it up and throw it away. I would tell my mom stuff like that. My mom, well, you know what? She would be mad at that teacher. I'm like, I know. I can't wait to get out of her class. You know, I'm going to be better next year, mom. You know, and I was not going to be wrong ever. You know, she, that, it was just that kind of love. I get suspended for fighting. That was their fault. She ain't seen. She haven't seen. She haven't heard a story yet. My mom want to see the kids. And she's going to figure out in her mind. She's about to look at it and figure out why it was that kid's fault. Hey, look at him. He looked rough. <laughs> he looked like, you know, he looked like it. And my mom would say stuff like that. I'm like, I know mine. He's from the hood. I had to do what I had to do, you know. <laughs> I would play into all that stuff. But when you love someone, right, that's what love, love covers. I remember this, though, specifically. My parents were divorced. And my parents, you know, as divorced people would be, you know, my dad ain't doing nothing wrong. He trying to walk on eggs and, and water and everything else. And me, I'm over here cutting up. I'm tearing up. But my, for my mom's sake, I was good. My dad was dirt, right? Because she loved me. But at that time, she wasn't loving him. If there are people in your life that you love, that's how you know you love them because you overlook it, right? And that's okay. But the people that you don't love, you don't give them that. You don't give them that. You won't overlook a fault. You want to call them on it. I, I, I want you to know this thing right here. Won't overlook it in your heart. Won't overlook it. You, you're going to hold them to everything. You don't love them. That's, what that, that's how you know in your heart. You can say, no, I love you. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not with biblical love. Because what does God's love do for you? Overlooks all your junk. How much of your junk is God overlooking through love? Woo! Don't even want to count it up, right? And so he says here, you know, he's like, I, I want you guys, or he's praying for them that they would be impacted in such a way. They'd be rooted and grounded in love that love wouldn't be some theology that we know about, 
right? We all know 1 Corinthians 13. I said it, you guys, oh, I know this love chapter. Yeah, you know, but it wouldn't be some theology that we know. This should characterize my life, though. I need to be a loving person. The love of Christ is, is not just for me. It's supposed to flow through me. And so Paul's praying for them that they would be rooted and grounded in love because that is the greatest evidence that God is at work in your life. The greatest evidence that God is ruling and reigning in your life is that you be a man or a woman that walked in love. One of the fears that people have about being a, a loving person is, oh, if I be like that in this world, people are going to take advantage of me. If I walk in love, people are going to, they're going to, they're going to take advantage of me. They don't think I'm soft. And I'll just say this. If you walk in love, you will be hurt. Right. That's just the reality. Um, you can't leave your heart open to give love. And sometimes you get hurt. You leave, you leave yourself vulnerable. The option is to close up my heart and not be loving. And I won't be hurt, but I won't be loving either. That's not the goal. Go and leave it open. Lord, if I get hurt, you'll heal me. If they hurt me, you'll comfort me. But I'm going to continue to be open to love people because this is the evidence that you're at work in my heart. Doesn't mean that, you know, there won't be people that try it. You know, I I, I was telling my wife there are times I, sometimes on the side I'll sell cars or I'll buy cars. And I found I got so many Christian T-shirts. I've gone places before and someone saw my Christian T-shirt. and They were like, aha, like like that was going to be how they're going to get over on me. because Oh, you're Christian. Oh, you know, and, and uh, I had told them you know, I, I sold a car to this one guy. Had a maximum. Maximum was perfect. I only sold it because I had to buy a truck because we were doing a church. And but this car was perfect. Rammed. I drove it everywhere. Perfect car. Guy bought it and uh, sold it to him. I met him at the church I used to work at. Uh, took him to get it smogged and took care of everything. And, you know, witnessed to him and his mom and, you know, 20 year old, 19, 20 year old kid or whatever. So they call me back a few weeks later and they're like, hey, um, you know, the window, one of the windows is not working. I'm like, mm. they were all working <laughs> when I sold it. They were all working. My kids used to sit in the back and the windows all worked. And then they, I got the, the patented. And I we really thought we were dealing with a Christian. I'm like, oh, man, just this like mm, just hit me with that one. And so I'm like, hey, look, you know what? I'll, I'll whatever. But how much it costs? We'll take I'll take care of it or whatever. So I go. And now they don't tell me this. When I go see the car, it's crashed. On the same side, the window don't work. <laughs> this kid had crashed the car, broke a rim, jacked up the side panel. And I'm like, you're trying to get over on me for a few hundred bucks or whatever. You know, and I, and I, I tell my wife, I just don't even wear Christian t-shirts because there are people that, you know, try to take advantage uh, if they can or whatever. And so I don't think that being a loving individual means you got to be a, a sucker. I, it does leave you open, though, leaves you vulnerable. If I'm going to have a heart open enough to love on people, sometimes when you love hard and people dog you out, it hurts. And that's something that we have to accept as part of the package of being a Christian. You know, we grieve the Lord, right? The Lord opens his whole life up to die for us. How many of us have dogged the Lord out? All of us. Everybody here. Both hands and feet will go up. Um, and, and he does what if he what if he was like, that's it. I'm not loving y'all no more. Y'all have hurt me too much. Put me on the cross and everything. That's it. Um, we would just be out. Right. Um, thank God that he don't have a limit to his love. And so don't you be capping off your love that we still love on people and we need to be we need to lavish it on folks. And so uh, I just want to say this before I move on. If that verse that says love covers most of the sins and they're the people that you realize in hearing that. I don't love him or I don't love her because I'm not covering nothing for them. I'm holding them to every dime and dot. You need to write their names down. You need to ask God to help you love them with his love. I will tell you this. It is 100 percent true. 
One of the best things you can do is pray for those that you are challenged with because God will change your heart. God will change you. Don't pray this. Don't pray, God, make him change so I can stop, you know, then I can deal with him better. Make her stop being so annoying so I can love her better. God's, God, God may not change anything about them, but as you pray for them, God's going to change you. They're, that's even better. There are people that I've committed to pray for like this that God has changed. He so changed my heart to where I was so annoyed, even bitter or angry with them. And then my heart becomes like, man, I actually pity them. Like, I feel sorry for them. I see, I see a weakness in them. And rather than judging them, I feel sorry for them. Like, man, I, I, I'm praying that they get over that. That must be rough to go through life with that challenge. And my heart, in a genuine way, God just changes your heart. And now I can love them and pray for them and be kind to them. And I'm not being Christian fake. God bless you, brother. You know, but it's, it's legit. I genuinely love this guy. And I'm praying for him. And I, and, I, and I care to see God get a victory in his life. Don't be content to continue to walk around as a Christian. With that kind of attitude. And sometimes it'll happen in a church with people in the church. Pray for them. Pray for them until you get better. Pray for them until God changes your heart. Pray for them until you can overlook whatever you've been polarizing. Um, may God do that in our hearts that we could we could genuinely be a church that's loving you the way God loves. And so moving on, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. And so he, he not is praying that they would be rooted and grounded in love, but they would be able to comprehend the width and length and height and depth of God's love for them. Right. That you could comprehend it. And here's the thing. I think it's healthy for us to meditate at times on how God has loved us, um, because sometimes when I don't feel like showing love, I got to meditate on all that God has done for me. And it breaks me. It breaks my heart. When I look at how God has been merciful and how God has shown love and how consistent and how faithful and how, how what he's done, the love on me. And God said, now I just want I just want I just want to do through you what I've done for you. And so Paul is praying for them. God, I pray they would understand. I pray they would comprehend the width and length and height and depth of your love for them, because it'd be really difficult to receive all that love from for, from him and yet be unwilling to give a little bit out. And so he's praying. I pray they would comprehend. I pray they would get it. And so here's a few things that you can do um, if, if you I want to just focus on God's love for me. Uh, I think every time we celebrate communion, right, the way that he worded it when he sat with them, he said, hey, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. My body broken for you. I love you this much. Every time in scripture where God's trying to say, hey, I love you. He's always pointing to the cross. Right. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. God said, I want you to know I love you. So I, I gave my son. Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates his love towards us. Now, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's always saying, you want to know, I want to show you how much I love you. I love you that much. Died for you. So when you're saying, I want to focus on just God's love for me, you're going to be looking at the cross. When God's demonstrating his love for me, he's showing me that he died. And so in that, when I'm looking at people that need my love for them that don't have it, probably you're going to probably have to die to yourself. Die to the stuff in you that doesn't love them. Right. God said, look, I'm demonstrating my love for you. And then I died. And so when I'm looking at somebody else and I'm like, man, I don't love them. Then die to that, Bill. Die to that part of your heart. Die to that attitude. Die to that feeling. Die to whatever that is that's keeping me from loving them through you. Because I want to love them through you if you get out of my way. And so as Paul prayed this for them, uh, may this be our prayer for ourselves, 
that there wouldn't be anybody that God can't lavish love on through you. Amen. Y'all mean that? That was weak. Amen. <laughs> so I, I hope I, my hope really is that I, I, we just wouldn't hear this. I'm, I'm praying that that this would soak in, that we would become these people. I feel like this would change households. This would change our church. This would change. It would change everything. If, what, if, what if this service and last service, what if all the people here did these things? Love people. Walk with the Lord. Just, just even other things he's going to pray. It would, it would honor God and it would make us a very impactful people. Just that we would walk in this way. And so moving on, um, verse 19 now, he says, um, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so you know, he prayed that they would, you know, that they would comprehend the, the, the width and length and depth and height to know now, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. I want you to think about that phrase, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. I want you to know something that's beyond knowledge. And God is saying, look, I want you to be able to know something, but it's beyond knowledge. So how do I know something that passes knowledge? God's got to instill it. God's got to make it known. God's got to. That's why he's praying for it. God, I'm praying you would help them to know something that's beyond regular, the regular strength, the regular course of knowledge. You're not going to learn this in a book. Right. You're not going to read enough books to say, oh, now I know the love of God. Right. God's got to make this real to you. God's got to illuminate this. There are people that have read the story of the crucifixion over and over again, and they don't know the love of Christ. They know the story, but they don't know the love of Christ. God said, I'm praying that you would know this thing that passes knowledge. And that's why we're praying. And and this is for you guys that are raising kids in the church and you got kids and you're you want them. All of us have kids and we're saved. We want our kids to get it. And. Sometimes we're praying the wrong prayers for our kids. Sometimes we're praying for non-Christian kids like they're Christian. And sometimes we're just praying for Christian kids the wrong stuff. Sometimes, you know, this is this is my encouragement to us. If your kids ain't saved, they're not confessing Christ. They're not demonstrating that Jesus is Lord. You know, then if you start praying for a non-Christian like a Christian, you're missing something. Um, you're praying the wrong prayers. You're probably saying the wrong things. And so I want to pray for a non-believer, like a non-believer. God, I'm praying you open their blind eyes, bind Satan that blinds them. In my, in, in my opportunities with them, I want to be gospel. I want to make sure I'm, I'm expressing the, the gospel that is the power of God, the salvation to them. That's what needs to be done for a non-believer. They're not convinced yet. They've not bowed the knee yet. That's one group. Then there's over here, Christian, I believe. I bow my heart. Jesus is Lord. But I, I mean, maybe I'm not always doing what I need to do. I'm battling with these things. You know, those are two different groups that we're we're praying for and we pray in, in different ways for them. And so I believe as I'm looking at a kid over here that they know the Lord or an adult or anybody else, but particularly a kid for you parents. God, I'm praying that they would come to a place. I'm praying that they would. It would come to a place for them where where they're filled with they, they feel they, they, they understand they know that this thing that passes knowledge and God they would know you they would know you in a real way it's not something I can tell them right they got to know you it's, it's experience your relationship with the Lord there's an experiential part of the knowledge I know him this is beyond what I've read I know him right I believe in my heart I, I can't you can't convince me that he is not you can't convince me that Jesus is not that he is not God that he is not real that he does not speak that he I, I know him Right. I don't know. It's not like the pastor told me this. And I, I know what he said. No, I know him. I don't care what anybody says at any church anywhere in the world. I know him and I'm convinced of that. Right. I want my kids to know him like that. Not because dad said for a, a period of life, it's going to be dad said and dad shared. and Dad should say and mom should say. But I'm praying that they will come to that place. 
or not know him. I'm experiencing him uh, in my own way. And sometimes parents got to cut them loose enough to experience the Lord on their own, where they're seeking the Lord. They're crying out to the Lord. I mean, set them up to have to seek the Lord. You know, pray about that. I'm going to pray about that and come back and tell me what the Lord is showing you. I do stuff like that to my kids. I want to hear if they're hearing. Um, you come back with some wild cockamamie thing. Now nah, you ain't heard that from God. You, you laid in bed and thought about what you wanted and came back and said it. Mm, go back and do it again. You know, like <laughs> disconnect, you know, but I want them to know him. And that's a prayer, right? Pray if your kids are, God, they got, they got, I see a foundation in them, but they, I'm praying they would just know you in, in a real way that I don't know how to get that through. That's not something I can do. It's not something man can manufacture, but I'm praying God. That in their lifetime, in their life right now, praying you would intervene in such a way that they would know you, their own knowledge. They would be convinced beyond shaking. And as your kids go to school, public school, particularly kids that get ready to go to, go to college, they got to know him before they go out there. Because they're going to run up against a lot of PhDs and people that are trying to determine, trying to trying to use education to, to deter them from this truth. You know, we, we want to make sure they know him and best we can. Pray and pray. And then this is what we can do. I can't make you know God, but I can sure be on my face about it every day. God, would you show yourself to him? Would you make yourself known to him? I want them to know you. I want it to be real. I want them to talk to me about you. And I want to know when I'm listening to them that now they know you. They're not going to No teachers going to talk them out of this. Um, and that's what we need to be praying for our kids. But some of us, you know, as adults, we're praying this for adults, too. I pray that they would know you in a real way. They, they know you in a churchy way. There are a lot of people that know God in a churchy way. I know all the cliches, you know, um, you know, they all these different things, but there's no evidence in their day to day life. Don't look like you don't live like you know him. You know a lot about him. You know, a lot of his verses, a lot of his stories and a lot of his songs, but you don't live like, you know, him. and so be discontent with that. If that's you, right? If you leave this place on Sunday and there's no evidence that you know him, you might not know him. You know about him. I could do a book report on anybody and know all about them. I do a book report on Kobe Bryant. I know where he was born, what team he started with, um, you know, who his parents were, um, how many years he played, all of his stats and who he was married to, how he messed up, what his kids' names are. I could talk about him like I know him real good. But if he walked up to me on the street, hey, what's up, Kobe? <laughs> He'd be like, security. <laughs> Don't know you, son, you know. There are people that know God in that book report kind of way. And on Matthew chapter seven, those people stand before God and they're saying, no, I know you. I, I, I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons. I did spiritual wonders in your name. And Jesus said, no, depart from me. I'm sorry. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of law. You've been practicing sin. I don't know you. There was never repentance and a surrender and a coming. And a, you don't know me. I don't know. You. I wanted to. I died to know you, but I don't know you. Make sure that that's not you. Make sure that you don't know about him, but that you know him. And that's what Paul is praying here, that God, I'm praying that they would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that they would know the things that can't be known outside of your revealing them in a supernatural way. Then it says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so here again is another prayer. I'm praying that you will be filled with all the fullness of God. If I'm filled with the fullness of God, that means I'm not full of nothing else. Um, you know, that's, that's essentially if I'm filled with all the fullness of God, if I pray that for myself, then in that prayer, there is an acknowledgement that I'm willing to let go of everything that's not like him. God, fill me with all the fullness of you, because in order for me to be filled with the fullness of you, that means there's some stuff that's not of you that you want to push out. And that's something we can pray for others. God, I pray you would fill them with the fullness of you because I see so much of them coming out. There's so much self in them. 
So many things they do are selfish. And so rather than complaining or fighting, I'm, I'm praying that you would fill them with the fullness of you. I'm praying that for them. I'm praying that, that the stuff that would be coming out would be evidence that they're just filled with you because I don't see that right now. And rather than hating them for it or talking about them for it or complaining about it, but I'm going to pray for them for it. I'm going to pray you would do that. Paul's praying that for this group, that they would be filled with the fullness of him. I believe that's something we could be praying for ourselves. God, I pray you would fill me with the fullness of you. I pray that those have to interact with me on a regular basis. Those that have to deal with me and hear me talk and be in my presence and wake up around me that that they would there would be evidence in my life that I'm filled with the fullness of you. There's not some other mess coming out. And so that's a prayer. Feel the pray that we feel the fullness of the fullness of God. And then it closes with this awesome um, little doxology verses um, verse verse 20 and 21. It says now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. I'm bring that back real quick. So now unto him, right? Close this thing off. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly. That's, a, that's emphatic above all that we ask or think. Some, one translation says ask or even imagine. It says according to the power that works in us. And so Paul finishes. This is an awesome prayer. Right. Paul has prayed for them. He's prayed for their that God would dwell in their hearts. He prayed for their strength. He prayed they'd be rooted and grounded in love, that they would comprehend the width and depth and length and height of the love of Christ. They would know Christ's love. They'd be filled with the fullness of God. He finishes all that. He says, now I pray this to the one that's able to do all things. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we've asked or imagined. So when you get done praying, it's not a that's not a bad thing to end the prayer with. God, I've just finished praying these big prayers. To you, who there's nothing you can't. You're able to do everything I've asked for and then some. That you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or even think of. This is nothing for you. And sometimes we pray for people like it's going to be hard for God. God, I pray for her that you would just, ah, oh, just. I know she's so far. I know you got to make a big journey to get a hold of her, God. But I'm just praying you would. You know, I mean, his heart is so hard. I just, you know, just you may have to kill him and bring him back, Lord. I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm praying. It's nothing for God, right? God's limitless. There's nothing he. We're talking to the God of the universe. He knows how to capture hearts. He knows how to wake up dead people. He knows how to open blind eyes and soften hard hearts. He can do it. And so we need to pray, believing that. God, I'm leaving this with you. That's why I'm not complaining about it, because I prayed about it. Now I've left it with you. And I'll be back tomorrow to pray about it again and leave it with you until I see you move. That would change us, because then that would make us as human beings. We stop dealing on this, this level of humanity where I'm fighting with people and I'm just I'm crying out to you. There are things that you need to do here. And I'm begging you to do it. I'm crying out to you. I'm serious about prayer. Some people are serious about complaining and bickering and, you know, uh, critiquing other people, none of which are beneficial or helpful in the body of Christ. What we need to be serious about is praying because that's that's beneficial. God will move when his kids are crying out the way he's told us to. Amen. Last thing. So he says now unto him was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's already in us. To him be glory in the church of Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. To him be all the glory. For all that he's done, all that he's going to do, this generation, the last generation, the generations that are to come, for every generation, it's been his work. And as you read books about previous generations where God did a great work, it was him then. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. And so we're calling, we're calling to the same God. As you read your Bible and you look at what God did then, and you're like, man, it was awesome what God was doing there. God said, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still working. Cry out. That's what you're crying out to. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of Ephesians is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the teachings tab or feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. As we study through the book of Ephesians, has it caused you to think about your relationship with the people around you? Do you love them as Jesus does? Do you treat them as Jesus would? Do you seek to cause strife or do you seek to honor the Lord in your relationships? Paul value unity just as the Lord does. If this is something you wrestle with, you're not alone. And although that may be comforting, it's also important that you strive to live in harmony with those around you. As we continue through this study together, we're praying for you. Would you also be praying for a transforming word? As the message goes out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. Pray for open ears, soft hearts, and changed lives. Thanks for your prayers, and thanks for tuning into to today's edition of A Transforming Word.